Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me in the hot seat today is Vince Warnock, and you already know me, the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. But before we dive into our subject, I definitely want to give you some more information on who Vince is. So Vince Warnock is an award-winning marketing and visibility coach, author, and host of the Chasing the Insights podcast. An ex-radio announcer with 20 years in marketing, Vince has been presented with numerous awards, including being included in the Fearless 50, a program designed by Adobe to recognize the top 50 marketers in the world. Previously CMO at Cigna, Vince has founded multiple companies, including ATG Publishing, Kanji Club NFTs, and Chasing the Insights, where he empowers entrepreneurs and business owners to get seen, get published, launch podcasts, and position themselves as thought leaders that they are. And he hails us all the way from New Zealand. So please welcome Vince Warnock. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Honestly, I, I was listening to the intro going, damn, that actually sounds quite impressive. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> My pleasure, Vince. And today we're going to spend time talking about NFTs and why entrepreneurs should care about NFTs. But before we dive into that, I definitely want to give you a chance to connect with the audience in a fun way. So okay. since I'm sure you've done your research and you've listened to a few episodes, mm-hmm. I like to do that with either allowing you to choose an icebreaker or rapid fire 10 question game rapid fire yeah <laughs> yeah okie dokie here we go we're playing rapid fire with vincent genesis do 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 question number one if you could trade places with anyone who would it be uh my wife um just because she has the way better work than i do she helps so many different people um she's a counselor and i see the the stories that she has and i see the way that she impacts so many different lives and i thought man that'd be that'd be amazing question two why the name chasing the insight oh my goodness this is actually an embarrassing story so i um, one of the things I created was this methodology around experimentation for marketing. It's called the Chaser Method. So it's a six-step uh, methodology. Uh, and one of the things I learned very early on is that people find it difficult to implement experimentation because they're always trying to chase the wins. So I said, no, no, we're going to change that from chasing the wins to chasing the insights. Um, so that was in my book. I was writing my very first book. Um, when Adobe picked me as one of the top 50 marketers in the world, I remember the CEO getting out there and he goes, oh, and Vince is writing this book, which I'm really looking forward to. And he goes, I can't remember the name of it. All I remember is we don't chase the wins, we chase the insights. He goes, oh, chasing the insights. That's what it's called. Uh, It totally wasn't called that. I was sitting there. I called it Beakers and Binary, which is the stupidest name ever. But I was sitting on the front row with this massive face palm moment going, oh my goodness, quick, order the the URL. We've got to change the name of the book. We've got to change the focus. And that became what I was known for. So yeah. Amazing. Question three, favorite color? Uh, Orange. Question four, coffee, tea, or neither? Coffee, 
and whiskey, <laughs> preferably together. Yeah. Question five. Have you always lived in New Zealand? Uh, yes, although I've traveled the world uh, for work and for you know, previous things, but always lived in New Zealand. Question six. If you could go anywhere in the world, money was no option, and you won an all-expense paid trip. But there is a kicker. You're not going to be able to return back to New Zealand for quite some time. Where are you headed? Uh, Tokyo, without a doubt. Um, I love Japan. It's one of my favorite countries in the world. And to be honest, I wouldn't even care that we don't come back to New Zealand for a long while. <laughs> I just want to spend lots of time over there. <laughs> Question seven, favorite food? Uh, bacon. Question eight, dream car, dream home, or both? Dream home. I'm not really a car guy, although in saying that, there's a McLaren driving around my neighborhood at the moment, and it looks amazing. But dream home, definitely. I'm a big home guy. Nine. What is your favorite quote or mantra to live by? Um, do or do not, there is no try by the very wise Yoda. <laughs> and question 10, it's our pass or play question and here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. Okay, I'm going to play. <laughs> so... One more thing. So if you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be? Uh, it would be the lead singer of the band, Electric Light Orchestra, Jeff Lynn, because um, I grew up listening to their music and he's just an incredibly talented person. But I just want to pick his brains on the whole creative process. Just want to find out what motivated him, why, like how he went through all this. So it'd be, I just genuinely think it'd be fascinating amazing and i know you have a lot of cool things going on especially in your background which we're um may or may not get into that so i want to thank you for playing <laughs> rapid fire and then yep. thinking quick on your toes so thank you vince now let's segue into the meat and potatoes of the conversation which are nfts and yep. why entrepreneurs should care but in order to really build up the conversation for the audience some people may not know what nfts are or they may so first explain what nfts are oh man this is believe it or not this is the hardest question in the nft space is explaining what they are uh, look nfts stand for non-fungible tokens which will confuse the heck out of most people um because most people don't even know what fungible is but the way I'm going to describe it is I'm going to break it into two parts. One is the non-fungible part. And fungible just basically means replicated. So, for example, if I was to give you $20, Genesis, I'd give you a $20 note and say, I'll grab that back off you next week. You're not going to give me that $20 note back. You'll go and spend that, buy some lunch, whatever. Then you'll come back and you'll give me a different $20 note. Or you might give me two $10 notes or four $5 notes or other i'm not going to try and do math um, but, but you will give me the equivalent of that so that is fungible it holds the same value whereas if i was to give you if you said to me oh vince um can you give me the mona lisa and i gave you the mona lisa which is a one-of-a-kind painting and then the following week i went to get that back off you and you gave me a monet we would have some serious questions about that because they are completely different even if they even if they held the same financial value they are still not the same and they'll hold a different emotional value to me uh, depending on what they are so that's the non-fungible side of that and where we see that in the nft space is because nfts themselves are basically like a, a digital asset 
So they are an image, they are a video, they're an audio file, whatever they are, but they're this thing that you purchase. And in a lot of cases, we see that non-fungible aspect as being the leverage. So in other words, it's a unique piece of art that you're buying, a piece of digital art, or it's um, it's a, a like the NBA top shots. It's a video of some of the best basketball plays that they've got out there from different players. And you buy that play and you are the only one that owns that play. So there's that collectible aspect that comes from the non-fungible piece. But, and more importantly, there is another aspect to NFTs, which is the T part which is token. And that means that these things, these digital assets, whether it's an image, whether it's a video, whether it's an audio, they will give you access to something. That token it will give you uh, like access to a, a program, to a mastermind, to uh, an exclusive Discord or, or our website, or it'll give you access to real life events, or it'll give you access to uh, maybe some some revenue from a particular project or things like that as well. And that's the part that genuinely excites me about NFTs and where I think entrepreneurs should be paying attention. Mm, okay. And thank you for sharing exactly what NFTs are. So for someone on the outside looking in, such as myself, who has not tapped into the NFT space, so are NFTs in the same arena as Bitcoins, cryptocurrencies, and et cetera? Or would you say that, Bitcoins are in their own lane, NFTs are in their own lanes, and et cetera, and they shouldn't be intertwined, or what are your views on that? Um, look, they they are intertwined, whether we want them to or not, um, because they sit on the blockchain. And for anyone that doesn't know what the blockchain is, very simply, it's, it's like a peer-to-peer -peer network of computers, like thousands and thousands of computers all around the world that will verify a transaction. So the whole thing, this blockchain is just a bunch of transactions. So um, in the cryptocurrency space, to so say, for example, I wanted to give you some Bitcoin Genesis, I would have this cryptocurrency, this digital currency called Bitcoin, and I would need to validate that on the blockchain. So I would go out there and say, I want to transfer this to you. So they would go out and go, this account that's owned by Vince wants to take this amount of this digital currency. And then that's a transaction. And then it wants to put that transaction, uh, that currency rather, into Genesis as account. So therefore, that's got to be validated across this whole blockchain network. So that's the summary of blockchain. Uh, and then on that blockchain, there's many different types of them. There's the Bitcoin one, there is Ethereum, there's all these other blockchains. Ethereum is the one that's very much tied to NFTs. And that's because Ethereum isn't just cryptocurrency, it's built around smart contracts. So you can actually have, as well as being able to verify, uh, validate and verify a transaction on there, you can actually tie actions to that. So, for example, instead of just sending you some Ethereum in your account, I could send you a digital asset with that. I could say that whenever that goes into your account, a following action would happen from that as well. And we would have an agreement between us, which is this concept of a smart contract. So NFTs are built on smart contracts. That's what the, the T part is, the token part. So therefore, they are very intrinsically tied to cryptocurrency, which means the negative side of that is, what we're seeing in the market at the moment, which is where cryptocurrency, like any kind of finance at the moment, is in what we call a bear market. So it's in a downturn, which means that the price of those cryptocurrencies is affecting what you as an entrepreneur can earn essentially uh, on these kind of NFTs and things as well. Okay, so that's a really good point that you mentioned that. But before I start to ask you questions to expound upon it, I want to know about security, because we all know that in digital space, there's a lot of cybersecurity, there's hackers and etc. How can you protect your digital currency and the assets in that space? 
Okay. Oh man, this is a whole topic on its own. <laughs> so firstly, the interesting thing about the blockchain is we have the saying called the blockchain doesn't lie. And essentially because of the way the blockchain is set up, it's decentralized, which means that humans aren't interacting with those transactions. Like we would initiate them, but they're all validated by this network of computers. That makes it incredibly hard to intercept and incredibly hard to hack. So from that perspective, that makes this very secure. However, the bit that falls apart is us as humans. And in this space, we've seen, in fact, we've just seen some pretty high profile ones. Um, Beeple, who's a digital artist, got his Twitter account hacked. Uh, and as a result, he basically, the hackers put all these links out there saying, hey, everyone, I'm giving you free artwork. Connect your wallet to my, your digital wallet to my site. So all these people did so without questioning that. And as a result, they managed to drain everybody's digital wallets. Um, so about almost half a million dollars worth of uh, cryptocurrency and NFTs and things were stolen from people. Um, then you've got someone like Seth Green, who, you know, is right, literally producing a show on NFTs based around a board Ape Yacht Club that he owns. Um, and he, he accidentally fell for a phishing scam where he connected his wallet to a site that he shouldn't have, didn't pay attention to what he was doing, and they stole his board Ape Yacht Club. Um, and as a result, so now he's got some issues around his show. So that's where it falls apart as humans. And the things that go on so question really quick so with those two people how can you recover those assets is there a way that you could trace it back and get into their ip address or kind of see who's behind doing that because we all know technology is savvy and just like there's hackers that are doing bad things there's hackers that are doing good things to recover assets oh absolutely um the short answer though is no um, and that's the one of the things that we need to be very aware of in cryptocurrency or in, in any kind of blockchain de technology is it's decentralized, which means you don't have, you can't freeze the accounts of someone, you can't reverse that. Um, you can find find them and then obviously take legal action on them. And that has happened in a few cases. Um, I know the Securities Commission has investigated a number of different NFT projects, for example, and there's been a bunch of young guys who do what we call in their business a rug pull, which is the stupidest name ever. But they'll set up an NFT project promising the earth. Um, then all these people buy these NFTs and there's a whole pile of hype and buzz around it, which is all falsely generated. And these people go, oh, I need to be in on this. They buy it. And then these guys go, see ya, and take all the money. Um, but as a result, the FBI got involved and have now arrested all of them. So there is ways that we can deal with it from that perspective, but you certainly can't just reverse the transaction on a blockchain. Once that transaction is done, it's done. And in the case of Seth Green, good example of that, the malicious person took his Board Ape Yacht Club, then quickly put it onto the market and sold it, and somebody else has bought that. Now, the person that bought it has done nothing wrong. They thought it was legitimate. They purchased this thing. They paid a huge amount of money. Um, but unfortunately, in the case of Seth Green, he turned around and said, hey, you need to give that back. And they're going, well, hang on. First of all, I'm out of pocket half a million dollars here. Uh, there's no way I'm paying this. I'm just giving this to you. You can get stuffed. Um, so, so it's ended up in this whole little area where it's two people who have done nothing wrong. They just made a mistake and made a mistake. The person in the middle, nobody knows who that is. So they're anonymous and they're, they basically can't be traced at this stage. So you've just got to be wary of things like that. But the approach I would recommend that everyone take Genesis is just don't trust anything, essentially. Always trust your gut. And if something seems too good to be true, it probably isn't true. So um, so when you're connect, like the biggest mistake people make is connecting their wallet to something that is compromised. Because basically that's how you do transactions on this. You have a digital wallet, you connect it to a site, and then you can buy an NFT off that site. 
Uh, most people buy their stuff off OpenSea, which is a marketplace that's relatively secure. But just being aware of that and questioning every time someone says connect to this is a really good uh, process for staying safe. And then the other thing that I do um, is I have multiple digital wallets. I have what we call hot wallets, which are, are basically Chrome extensions or mobile apps. And I connect one of those to sites to buy new things uh, or to transfer things. But that one doesn't hold, it holds a small amount of cryptocurrency enough for me to be able to purchase things but it doesn't hold any of my treasured nfts or in my treasured digital assets i transfer those to another wallet that i don't connect to anywhere and then if it's really valuable like you know some of the really high priced ones i've got i put them into what's called a hardware wallet which is like a usb drive that you don't connect to the internet um so that way they're even more secure so there's just little different tactics like that you can take but the key thing is educate yourself learn as much as you can and question everything Thank you for sharing that because I thought that was a very important question to ask because sometimes yep. we get so excited on these new trends that, you know, the shiny objects is what woos people, but they forget to really go beyond the surface level and really do yep. their due diligence and research to make sure that they're investing in something that is backed, something that is credible and something yep. that is going to be sustainable. So with you being in well, that's that- that's actually a really good point, Genesis, because we, we have a saying in the industry and in, in NFTs called D-Y-O-R, which is do your own research, which is a great saying, but it doesn't mean much to a lot of people because they're like, how do I do that research? But with anything you're looking to invest in, anything you're looking to buy into, any project you want to be a part of, you need to look at who the team are. Um, you need to look at, are they known or unknown? Are they just avatars or are they what we call doxed? In other words, you know their reputation. You can actually look them up online. Um, you've got to know what the utility of that is. So in other words, what it unlocks for you. You've got to look at the track record of the people. You look at who else is investing in it. All those kind of things as well. Like do your research and then you've got a better chance of success. But even in saying that, um, I just got rug pulled myself. Um, so I found a project online, which I thought was quirky and different. I thought, ha, ah, that's hilarious. I'm going to totally buy into that. Didn't spend much money, to be fair. So I bought into it. Um, and then they basically shut down the project. They took all the money and shut down the project. And I went, oh, damn it. But it was because I was so excited. I bought into it without doing my own research. The very thing I teach people. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that and um, sorry that that happened to you. So whenever you think about um, NFTs and I said that we were going to go uh, deeper in it. So what are some of the other pros and cons of utilizing NFTs? We talked about the security behind them. We explained that they're non-fungible tokens. And then we, we also know that it is a, a market that can be volatile because right now you mentioned that it is in a pitfall. So yeah. the price the price is low, but I guess if you buy low, can you still sell high or does it work that way? Or Yeah, yeah. oh, look, it always works that way. It's like, I mean, this is the thing at the moment. Um, so we're working on a very large um, NFT project, which we're launching in late August. And for us, like for a lot of the people in the market at the moment, they're looking at the price of Ethereum and it's dropping and dropping. It's gone from, being near $4,000 at some point earlier or uh, you know, into last year, early this year, to now being $1,700 per, per Ether, per uh, one of these uh, digital assets, uh, digital coins. So for a lot of people, they're kind of freaking out about that going, hey, all of the investments that I have online are losing their value. So that means if we're coming into the market and we're relying on people who understand NFTs, who understand all of this, then they're going, hey, I'm not, I'm not liquid at the moment. So in other words, I don't have 
much that I'm going to invest in other people because the value of all of the things I already own has halved. So it's going to be a lot harder to convince them to buy into the project. But that's when the beauty of being in a bear market, being in a downturn is we're, we're not relying on them. We're actually bringing new people into the market. We're teaching people about NFTs. We're teaching them all the different aspects that they need to do and even giving them free NFTs to enter into the space so that they understand this. So for anyone that's new coming in, they're not tied up with all these investments and things. So they don't really care. They just look at it and go, wow, this is really cheap to buy into at the moment. So therefore, you know, they come in and then when the market returns, we get the value on that as well, as well as they do as, uh, in addition. So, so there are some huge advantages. But I think the main thing for me is I tend to steer clear of the investment side of NFTs. And when most people hear about it, they hear about that. They hear about, you know, basketball players paying $1.4 million for a picture of an ape. They hear about 14-year-olds becoming millionaires overnight, all this kind of stuff. I'm not interested in that side. What I'm interested in is what it enables us to do as entrepreneurs. And that is where we get it really exciting. So this is where NFTs really do unlock their value for us. So for example, being able to um, crowdsource your business, uh, like a great example of this is someone I'm working with at the moment. They are building uh, electric vehicle charging stations that they're going to put across the US, particularly in areas where, where their Tesla can't be charged uh, or where they're driving, they're suddenly like, oh no, I can't go that far. Uh, um, so, so they want to build these things and put them out there and they make money off that because people charge and then they you know, put a premium on the electricity and things like that as well. So they need the capital upfront to do that to build these machines and install them. So for them, it's like, well, we could do this one of two ways. We can, or three ways. We can either bootstrap it ourselves, which means we tap into our investments, and our savings and all this, you know, and make the wife really worried and all that kind of thing. Or we can go down the investment route and talk to venture capitalists and say, hey, we want your money in here. And yes, we'll be beholden to you. And this is you know, problematic. Or we can actually get our audience to buy into this. So they put out a series of NFTs or they're putting out a series of NFTs where you purchase an NFT and it might be for Station X in the middle of somewhere in Texas, you know? Um, so when you do that, when you buy that, you get the rights to name that. So when someone's filling up their, their um, electricity from that charging station, they get it from the Genesis machine, you know? So that is kind of cool and quirky. But also by buying that NFT, you get a portion of the profits of that machine. So over time, that's going to increase in value, increase in value for you. So therefore that, cash injection you get from people buying this digital asset means that you can build the physical product you can install it and then we all win and that is the key thing that we're looking at as entrepreneurs is nfts allow us to get out our audience our community our clients our potential clients to win with us to buy into our business to be able to grow as we grow so for example uh, i can launch a mastermind in fact i'm launching a couple this year uh, launch a mastermind and I can say to get access to that you need to purchase an NFT so and that NFT might be worth you know two thousand dollars so say the price of one Ethereum so people go right we want that because we want Vince's expertise so I'm going to buy that NFT and that gives me access so as long as I own that NFT I get access to that mastermind now they get to a point where they're like I'm not getting the value out of that as well or I've graduated to a different mastermind with Vince or something along those lines so instead of now just closing down their access to the program, they can sell that NFT to somebody else. And then I get a percentage as a creator, I get a percentage of that as well. So I set it up that I get 7% of the resale of that. Now, the beauty of that is because this is a closed mastermind, people see the successes that are coming out of that and they go, I want a piece of that. So the value of that NFT goes up and up and up and up. 
So therefore, instead of you know paying $2,000 for it, it may become worth $4,000. So they double their money. I get a benefit from that as well. So it's win, win, win across the board. So those are some of the exciting things, I think, which are going to give us um, huge potential as entrepreneurs in this space. And thank you for, for sharing that because you had already answered my question before I could even ask. I, I said, oh, can you can you sell it to somebody yep. else and then reap the higher profits off of it, especially if you want to exit, Definitely. but you don't want to lose. So thank you for addressing that. And then yep. the last question before we jump into the call to action is, why should entrepreneurs really be paying attention in this space? You alluded to some of it, but I think maybe you have three other reasons or maybe five <laughs> reasons you want to share. Pick You can oh, yeah. pick three or five. Okay. One of the things is you've got to look at where the market is heading. So as entrepreneurs, we often, with technology changes, we can put our head in the sand and go, I'm going to do things the way I'm doing them now. But you're going to notice that, you know, your reach on Facebook is getting less and less. Your reach on Instagram is getting less and less. It's harder to connect with people all over the world. So you've got to look at where technology is heading because usually that's where the big companies, your Facebooks, your Instagrams, et cetera, are investing their time and energy into, which means they will favor these technologies. So you get an added bonus of that. But if you look at who's investing in NFTs at the moment, and I don't mean buying NFTs, I mean actually building teams around this, looking at launching into this space, You've got Starbucks, you've got Netflix, you've got Amazon, you've got Gucci, Dior, the NBA, every major sporting organization. You've got musicians, you've got um, businesses all over the world. So if they're investing their money into this space, then it's something that we should pay attention to because it's not going away. So that's one of the key things I look at there. The other thing too is to look at the trend of uh, your audience and we're moving, like we always talk about this concept of web one and web two. Well, we're now entering into web three. So web one was very much the early days of the internet where you would have a website with information on and people would use the internet to look at that information and to consume that information. Then we moved into web two, which is where we really started to build community around this. And by community, I mean the loose term of community because I don't call Facebook a real community. Um, but you look at the, the fact that people could interact with us and our clients could become creators themselves and create content for us. So a lot of this is very exciting. But now we're entering into Web3. And Web3 is about ownership. And if you look at, as an entrepreneur, and this is another point of why I think this is really important. If you look at what we normally teach around marketing, we always teach that there's three different buckets of marketing. There is owned media, there is paid media, and there is earned media. And paid media is really obvious. That's you paying for advertising on Facebook, you know, Google, billboards, radio, TV, wherever you're paying for advertising, you're paying for that space. Earned media, that's a little bit different. That's word of mouth. That's people really impressed with you. So they go out and tell about you. That's getting in the press as well. So getting in the media, um, those kind of things where you know you haven't actually paid for that, but you get this unearned kind of uh, or unpaid for um, kind of recognition and things. But the other area that we talk about is the owned area. And this is the most important area for us as entrepreneurs, because this is, you know, your website, this is your email list. We used to say this is your social media profiles because you control those and your content that you create. But in reality, it's not because I'm, I'm proposing a whole new category here called the borrowed media. And that's where your Facebook, your social media and all these things sit because you can't control who sees that content. You don't actually control your profiles on social media because one algorithm change means nobody sees you. 
one algorithm change means, in fact, I've got a client who's got 35,000 people in their Facebook group, right? A huge amount of people in their Facebook group who have opted in to hear from this person. When they put a post out there saying, we've got an event coming up, two days later, 16 people had seen that post. Something is not right when people have opted in to hear from your content and they still don't get to see it, you know? So this is where that borrowed channels, that's causing pain for entrepreneurs. So this is where the owned channel is really important and bringing in things like Web3, that is owned. NFTs, they are owned. Anything on the blockchain and the metaverse, all those kind of things are owned. There are spaces where you can control the outcome of those. And I think that for entrepreneurs is the most exciting aspect of this. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing that because that was a whole lot of knowledge and I'm actually going to challenge myself to look more into the Web3 space because I'm not currently fully tapping into that space and I think the audience can also benefit from all of the wisdom that you just shared. And now let's jump into the call to action, Vince. What is your call to action for our audience once they hear this topic? Well, that is a perfect segue, Genesis, because the call to action is actually to learn about NFTs. And we make that really easy for you because we run regular five-day challenges. Um, so this is for over the period of five days, for an hour a day, we're going to teach you, myself and my co-host, Katie Brinkley, we're going to teach you all about NFTs. We're going to teach you how to keep safe. We're going to teach you why you should be paying attention to those as entrepreneurs. Um, but we're also going to teach you all the different steps that you need to do to be able to enter into this world. So setting up your digital wallet, for example, um, you know, actually getting some cryptocurrency so you can do these kind of things. So exciting stuff like that. And then as a thank you, at the end of that, for doing all of that work and that effort, we're going to give you a free NFT. It's an NFT series that I created called the Kanji Club. Um, and it's basically an entrepreneurial book club. So by owning this NFT, you get access to every two weeks, a brand new business book uh, as an entrepreneur. Uh, and then once a quarter, we're coming together as, as a community to bring some of the authors into a call where you can grill them, you can ask them about the book, they can tell you about their journey, uh, and you just get to grow in this kind of really supportive um, environment. So, so that's, yeah, that's my call to action is to sign up for the five-day challenge. Um, it's pretty low stress, and trust me, we make it as, we, we basically try and aim it at your grandmother. So if your grandmother can understand this, then you should be able to understand this as well. That's my theory anyway. <laughs> that being said, I had a super smart grandmother, so it probably doesn't apply to everybody. <laughs> super awesome. So the challenge, you're challenging them to learn and grow. They're going to do yep. their research. Then at the end, they're going to get an, an NFT to get them started. So it is a win-win. So yep. Vince, I want to thank you for just offering that um, as a call to action plus a freebie. Now, how can the audience connect with you via your website and where do you primarily hang out on social media? Oh my goodness. Well, I make this really hard for all of you. No, I'm joking. Uh, it's really easy. Just go to chasingtheinsights.com. That's my website. So that's the home of my podcast with amazing guests like Genesis on the show. You have to check that one out. Um, but it's also where you'll see links to all my social media and you'll see links to the NFT projects I'm working on as well. Um, so I'm on most social channels all the time. Um, we've got some private discords that you can get access to where you get really direct access to me, but I'm also on social media everywhere. So um, do connect with me unless you're a spammer. I love meeting new people. I love helping people. Uh, in fact, you can even, if you're struggling with any aspect of marketing or you want to know more about how NFTs could apply to you, I even offer a free strategy call. So if you go to chasingtheinsights.com, you'll see it up the top there um, and just book some time with me and I'll give you some clarity. Super, super cool. And there you have it, folks. You just heard Vince Warnock here 
on Jem's podcast all the way from New Zealand. I will have his website information in the show notes. So just make sure you scroll on down, read and tap in with him. Go take that challenge, secure something so you could build wealth and really diversify your investments and assets. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see all things video component by going to our YouTube channel, which is at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for continuing to support the mission of Gems podcast, which is to bring topics that are educational, inspirational, and motivational while we intersect the dots of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging with subject matter experts, myself, and etc. Because believe it or not, it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. And because of you, we're now ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com. So until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.